righty. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the very first episode of Hollow Secrets, a cyberpunk red campaign that is not like anything, not like anything you're, you're probably going to be used to at all, because guess what? We're not Night City, baby. We ain't even, we ain't even in, in a city. We in a town of 4,000 people on a good day. That's it. So uh, this is going to be very, very fun. But before that, let's, let's do, let's do a little, little intro, get everybody kind of into the characters. So for uh, those listening on the podcast, obviously this is going to be up on the Big Gay Dice Game uh, podcast list, all part of 2000 Tales Roleplay. So if you want to come see it live, that's where that's at. Um, and let's just get a little round the the circle here on who all of our people are. Just let us know who you are and where people can find you. We'll intro your characters in a little bit. So I'm going to go just by view of my Zoom, which uh, we'll start with Nikki. Hello, I'm Nikki, aka Beholder to No One. You can find me at Beholder to No One uh, for my podcast, which has way too many episodes. So you'll be entertained if you want to watch them listen to them um, you can also find me here on tuesdays and fridays with masks and this now right the second um for uh monster of the week normally that's it that's all i got yeah all right let's go down to finn hello i'm fennicini fenn um i was about to go out who i am i can't say that uh you can find my internet at fennicini uh, i'm here on fridays for the next few weeks while we're doing this lovely little thing and then you can also find me I'm over on Twitter. Just go find me over there. That's the easiest thing to keep up with all this stuff. Short and sweet. Moving on. Uh, then let's go over to Mary. Hi, I'm Mary. You can find me on Twitter at NerdOnWheels15, where I chat about disability, TTRPGs, and everything in between. You can also see what other shows I'm doing. Got some fun stuff coming up, so it'll be pretty cool. And Blair. Hi, hi. I am Blair, or underscore Canadian Moose, all over the place. I'm normally at High Shelf Collective a lot of the times. Um, and if I'm not there, then I'm here. Or if I'm not here and there, then I'm at Lost Caravan. Um, so, yeah, that's all the places you can find me. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. That's it. Uh, and then I'm Taylor, or at underscore potato underscore on the internet and uh same as as blair uh over on high shelf collective is where i usually live you can also find me on lost caravan uh, a few times a month they can get rid of me uh and then of course here on big gay dice game and monster of the week and whatever fun things i managed to convince bobby to let me play um but with that i am I'm going to be talking for a bit. So I want to give everyone a little preface here as we got some intros, because since we are doing a very different setting and it's very much in a different part of the world than most of Night City is, I want to give you a, a little primer for both the players and those listening and watching where the world is at this given point in time. And then our town of Pine Hollow how it maybe came to be and what it is all about. So everybody put on some nice, like synth wave vibes, get into the cyberpunk mindset. We're gonna have a quick little, quick little history lesson as I get you in the mood for this entire campaign. So let me move this over here where I can read it better because as we were talking about earlier, I'm blind. So during the 21st century, the 20th century, look, I'm already screwing up. Uh, 
During the 20th century, a series of ecological disasters took a huge toll on the infrastructure of the United States. We're talking global warming melting, much of the polar ice caps resulting in high sea levels, drowning a big chunk of the south, the east coast, and if not, turning it into swampland. Rising temperatures have thawed out southern Alaska and northern Canada and the upper U.S., We have sloppy population controls that have left permanent environmental scars on America. Massive acid rainstorm fronts battered the Midwest, poisoning drinking water and crops. Two entire regions of the eastern seaboard were reduced to waste as power companies abandoned nuclear reactors during the collapse and just let their contents leak into the water table. Uh, Plus, as if that wasn't bad enough, there were rock strikes from lunar-based mass drivers in the orbit that blasted millions of tons of dust and heat into the atmosphere and further aggravated global warming. Times were tough, and because of that, wars broke out. Cyber wars, the four corporate wars, the crash in 94, the data crash. The world has seen its fair shares of tragedies and violence. What matters for this crew here? We are set in a kind of undisclosed location on the uh eastern part of the United States in the Appalachian Mountains. So we're going to talk about the United States itself, which is kind of in this, and this is a direct, all this is obviously info from the Cyberpunk Red Book. So if you're ever interested, go grab that. But the United States was left in a state very much similar to the late 1800s with a civilized, actual quotes, uh, on the East Coast, controlled by the federal government, centered in the Boston-Washington Corridor, or for, referred to as Boswash, the Wild West and the independent territories east of the Mississippi River, and unincorporated West Coast from the Seattle area down to Mexico. These territories were pretty much on their own, hiring local militia, mercenary armies to kind of keep the peace. We are going to play in the year 2045 in the time of the red, where the country has kind of started healing a bit from a lot of those ravages in the last tumultuous tumultuous decade. But it should not be forgotten that most of America is still an armed society under a blanket of appalling poverty, violence, and inequity, which brings us to Pine Hollow. Pine Hollow once was just a post office, a restaurant, a fishery, and a boating supply shop. There were several hunting cabins, small farms, vacation homes kind of dotted the surrounding Appalachian mountainside. Maybe, you know, a small state park monitored by a group of park rangers, but overall very quiet, very remote, and virtually unheard of. It was just kind of one of those like blinking, you miss it stops on the county road. That changed, though, as the world kind of went to shit and more and more people fled from the populated cities to the countryside to avoid violence. Word of mouth spread and friends of friends of friends and friends started to move the area and it kind of began to build up a bit of a city infrastructure. City saw a small growth until after the fourth corporate war when there was a little bit of a boom because with a Militech facility operating over the mountain ridge nearby, the largest town that was kind of close to y'all, Wakefield, became the target and fell to bombing attacks. Surviving town folks either fled to larger mega cities along the coast or those in the know sought shelter in Pine Hollow. And then after the war itself, Many veterans headed home to the mountains, bringing along, uh, you know, their friends or relatives there because Pine Hollow is possibly the only thriving town left in America. They work hard to keep that secret because they have, thanks to their relation with like 
the mountains and where they sit on the water tables and just a lot of the ecological things around them. They still have a clean river that is drinkable thanks to some local texts that made that possible from the spring and the river there. Fish are plentiful, wild game is thriving, and the tall trees have protected the rich dirt below. And they work very hard to keep that secret to themselves, but inevitably, word gets out. We have a uh, roaming nomad pack uh, that Blair was so nice enough to name uh, a French name for me. So hold on while I get the pronunciation because I don't know French. Volduas, yeah. There's a confused head shake, so I'm gonna say I said it right. Um, <laughs> I think so. We made we made that name like so mm-hmm. long ago, and I also don't speak French, but I'm pretty sure sh- that sounds right. I think it's that's why boys. I wrote it phonetically, but I don't know if I did it right. Yeah, Vol- is it ois or ah? I think well, the eis is like an ah, right in in French. Volduas, Volduas. I don't I mean, know. Volduas. Oh, that sounds better. Even if that's not right. But yeah, they are a few, one of the few trusted allies of the town. They're a Canadian air nomad group that bring uh, much needed supplies to the city and also ship out some uh, moonshine that the city is known for. And there's one particular nomad named Ella who decided to stay in the city, tired of the constant movement of her pack. And she took over an old boat shop in town and renovated it into this bar and mechanic shop, a favorite spot for the Voldois of that travel and a favorite spot for a certain techie here in town, uh, Ivy. So Ivy, aka mm-hmm. Mickey, you got a call from Ella a few minutes ago asking you to rush on over. You've been kind of helping her out with various projects in the dive, getting it kind of renovated. Um, and you're about the only one that uh, she'll kind of trust to help because there's not too many techies in this neck of the woods. No, it's because I'm, I'm the best. You're the best. Her favorite. Like for sure. There is competition. You're just clearly the best. No, just, of... just her favorite specifically. <laughs> That's her what favorite, not even the best, herself. just the favorite. Oh no, she doesn't think she's the best. She knows she's not the best, but she she does hope that it's because Ivy uh that Ella likes her. <laughs> All right. Well, while we're on uh her her hopes and dreams and feelings here, will you explain what Ivy looks like and maybe her general kind of personality and demeanor as she is walking her way up to the dive front sure. door? Um, Ivy is, um, probably like five foot three-ish, not very tall, um, slim build, uh, but muscular because she lifts a lot of heavy stuff. Um, so she has very short brown hair, um, despite having obvious cybernetic eyes that look like galaxies and like lines on her face to show where the uh the cyber eyes have been implanted she still wears gold-rimmed glasses as a habit uh from her childhood before she got the cyber eyes um she also has uh one of the most common things that are seen on her is a necklace that no 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 i'm sorry not a necklace we switched that uh she always has a bag with her wherever she goes anywhere like a, it looks like a duffel bag or a mechanics bag of sorts but it's her dad's old toolbox and Love. the way she acts is anxious and jumpy and talks too much and uh fucks up a whole bunch so you uh are walking up to the dive which um for everyone listening we did 
a wonderful, fun session of the quiet year and built out a lot of these things here. So I'm going to do my best to try and like, remember to actually explain things to y'all because we all built this town together and know a lot of things. So, um, the dive itself, uh, like I said, very stereotypical dive bar, part mechanic shop, part bar. It used to be the old boating repair shop, but there is still a river, but there's no need for boats as it is still running a trickle compared to what it would have been in, in its heyday. Uh, but yeah, very typical dive bar. You've got kind of the booze ads all up on the wall, but in cyberpunk fashion, they're on kind of like data screens and neons that are flashing around the paint though is still that very sun washed, like chipped. You haven't hit the outside yet too, too terribly much. Uh, you kind of open this like squeaky door with like still the big bell that rings when you open it and like the that's on my list of boards. Yeah, there's a lot of things so that you're like, gotta fix that, gotta fix that. Oh, we need to put some paint on this. <laughs> like there's a uh, a to-do list because I mean, also then you go in and there is like a layer of dust on all of the decor on the walls that's just old items from the boating shop, you know, old steering wheels, old propellers, old buoys, old, you know, bumpers and nets and fishing materials and things all up on the wall. Um, This place also still very, like smelling very musty because it has been abandoned for, you know, 50 plus years before Ella kind of took it over. Um, But you do hear as you come in, making a mental note of all the things that still need to be fixed, you know, We'll say it, it opens up into this little dive bar area. And then there's like a large double door that opens up to the mechanic shop off to the right. That maybe it was like an old storage shed that kind of y'all built an extra little wall to make it all one building. Uh, and you can hear like the banging of things kind of getting moved around and like the hushed kind of like, oh, fuck, shit. Oh, God damn. No, fuck. Like, like a struggle of something like not working right from Ella. Uh and she said it was an emergency. Yeah, yeah. She was like, "Hurry!" <laughs> okay, so um, brush, running in out of breath while also looking at all this, she's like, "I'm here. What's wrong? Oh my god, what is wrong? What, 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 what broke? Did it blow up? Did, did I hope it didn't blow up? No, no blowing up." You look over and she's like frozen, standing up on like a old uh, one of those big chest coolers, like standing up, like reaching up to this like monstrosity that y'all have been working on that is essentially like a boat propeller attached to the front of a swamp cooler that you were then trying to turn into an AC unit officially. It's a big hot mess. Um, I think you mean awesome. It it is. Currently it's a hot mess because she, for some reason, thought she needed to touch it without you there. Um, As you see Ella in like her, her, her usual attire with her like nomad leathers, got a t-shirt, probably like a vintage band t-shirt, very old and faded. And she's like, always has like the little flannels and stuff around her waist or on her shoulder or, or wearing them. Currently it's balled up in her hand as she's holding it up to this like pipe that you see multiple other spots of it are leaking of this old like liquid pipe. And it's just like drenching her and probably antifreeze. Like it's probably not good of what's happening right now. This coolant is just spilling everywhere. And she's like, oh my God, my sweet hero, please help, please help, please help. The ch- I have two hands and that is not enough. I don't know. God damn it. <laughs> she like um, another one like pops and starts spraying water or coolant. She'll start, uh, she'll shut it down. <laughs> first step like oh and it stops she just puts her hands down and then like all the the liquid just like kind of trickles out afterwards okay okay fix that's that's fixed that part's fixed awesome um i will what happened 
did, did it do it on its own? Like it just started leaking? You know, there's a reason uh, that you are probably the tech and I shouldn't be messing with these sort of things because I did not even think to turn it off. Not, not once did that cross my mind. I probably should have turned it off while I was filling it with the coolant. And I also probably should have checked, checked this fluid pipe for holes before I did it. This, I did find this in the shed under the floorboard. So it's probably, you know, 60 years old. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. That's fine. It's fine. That's fine. I will fix everything. It'll be perfectly fine. Everything's going to work great. It'll be wonderful. It's going to be perfect. Probably. I will fix it. Okay. Okay. Uh, do I, do, do I, do you need me to do anything? Maybe. Um, she'll start like lifting and connecting things. If she needs help holding something, she's asking, pulls out her tech scanner and like uses that to, I mean, it's probably obvious that it went, that's broken, but, yeah. um, she'll pull out like her tech bag and tool and start like popping pieces back together. Sometimes she looks a little com- like she's like, wait, wait a second. This one, no, that, no, that one, not, not there. Okay. It goes here. Okay. Yeah. Got it. But she like tries not to show that. To Ella. She's like, yeah, I knew that that was right. Um, and she will tr- attempt to fix it. All right. Uh, will you roll uh, just a basic tack for me for this one? Okay, I get plus two. Yeah. I get automatically odds it already. I think it should. If it doesn't, we can throw it in, but I'm pretty sure it does. Yeah. <laughs> we got our first critical failure of the night. Still Everybody. 11, though. Still 11, though, which honestly, for this job, we'll do it because the DV was only 10, because this is way, even with the amount of um, fucking with this that she has done. Uh, you're able to very quickly see where things went wrong. Clearly this part, get rid of that, move some stuff around. Kind of, you had, you know, some sort of like, especially being you and your family and, you know, your father being the one that created the entire like water filtration system. And you're still over there, like dealing with like water and liquid and pipes and basic kind of plumbing things super easy for you you're just like this is i can do with my eyes closed so you're able to kind of switch some of those things around uh still probably with some like just because it was a critical failure we'll say with a little bit of like bumbling but that may be from like the anxiety of then having ella like right there just like ready to help oh yeah she is and being in the area (laughs) red if she like leans in to go grab something and she's like oh yep right there hold that hold that oh shit fuck okay okay. um and just kind of like watch everything and so then you kind of finish putting all together uh she'll go and pour in more coolant she's like this better fucking work because i had to pay so much goddamn money to get this brought in so do you want to do the honors do you want to turn it on sure flip switch and like pray (laughs) yeah flip switch and and pray and there's a very like before finally the boat engine whizzes up and you can feel with that like coolant coming into a little thing plus just the general like swamp cooler like mechanics already in place you kind of have this like nice humid breeze and air conditioning coming out and immediately we'll say even like you have the boat propeller just kind of doing a a little oscillating thing so it's really pushing that air yeah holy fuck i knew that would work that was like that that was great. I totally knew that was going to happen. <gasps> she did definitely so did not flinch when it started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the same, Ella did not notice because she's also sitting there, kind of like 
leaning away just in case this thing goes flying off or something like sprays at her again? Uh, next time you need to just cool it, just ask me. I'll do it. I'll do it for you. That'll be super great. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, um, and then everything's great. All right. Uh, fuck yeah. Thanks. Um, never mind. Never mind. I'm just, I was just going to ask what? a question, but it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, ask a question. Ask a question. Did you call me your hero earlier? Do what? Not nothing. Um, uh, you uh, no. You just mumbled. Like what was what was what was that? Uh, I'm glad I could be your hero for helping save the thing. Okay, uh, bye. <laughs> turn around and start walking up. She's like, the exact words were my sweet hero. She turns even more red. Can I have a drink? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Grab it yourself. <laughs> and we will uh, close there for a bit with a bright red ivy. Uh, drinking away her embarrassment for a second and move our way to the outside area kind of up in the up in the up in the the so how the city is laid out you know there's a river that runs down the middle of it and on one side is a little bit flat it's kind of the valley where we have some farms in the majority of the town but then on the other side it kind of slopes up up the mountain and as is every good backcountry area, there's some feuding in its history. And a lot of that feuding just happens to be from the slope side and the valley side. And just, you know, different families, different uh, thought processes here. So we're going to go up on the slope side uh, where there have been rumors circulating of a ghost that is haunting Skeeter's guns and antiques. Old Skeeter swears that Mama Skeeter is haunting the place. And everyone is itching to try and see something spooky and been making their way into the shop for everybody. Mama Skeeter has been dead for a little bit. Uh, she was a grumpy, crotchety old woman. Like, think you're very typical, redneck, hard as shit, don't put up with crap old lady and then make it mean. Nur. <laughs> you know, like, Maybe I used my aunt as inspiration for this character, but that's fine. Um, so think of that. But then she had this little antique shop and that was kind of her retirement project. Well, then when she died, old Skeeter, her son, had to take it over. And he was also a bit of a dabbler in gun dealing. So now it's one big one-stop shop, you know? You need an antique doily and some AK rounds, you got it. It's all right there. So we find ourselves outside of there where everyone is itching to see something spooky, but old Skeeter has come up with a very serious no solicitor policy. So if you want a chance to see Mama Skeeter, you gotta buy something. Now, if this is a marketing ploy, if this is actually Mama Skeeter's angry spirit floating around or something completely different, we don't know. But Dylan's there to find out what is going on. So Dylan, AKA Mary, you are currently leaned up against a tree in the shadows on kind of the outer edge of this antique and gun shop. Will you explain to me what Dylan looks like and her general vibe and how she's kind of thinking about the situation? Yeah, so Dylan kind of sticks out like a sore thumb. Uh, she's got purple hair with like lighter streaks at the front, kind of cut short. She doesn't have a ton of time for really doing much because honestly, she's usually running away from being chased out of somewhere. Uh, Dylan is a little bit of a secret hunter. Uh, she loves mysteries and where there's a mystery, there's usually an answer to something. Uh, 
curious to a fault probably describes her personality to a T. Um, but she's kind of wearing these um, black pants that are like pretty tight. She's got this old band t-shirt. She was able to kind of like scrounge out of like whatever Ivy's last uh, foray into the um, apocalypse zone, as she calls it. Uh, it's kind of ratty, but it fits her well. She's got like a long, like almost like a meshy arm sleeve underneath and uh, has a like septum piercing. She looks very like alternative in look, um, which doesn't really blend in well, but she's never been able to blend in really with everything that haunts her family. Um, but she kind of is just kind of watching, intrigued by whatever Skeeter's trying to do this week. Uh, but if she has any way about it, she's going to figure out what the hell he's trying to do because there's no way this is legit. Like, maybe it is, but come on. Ghosts are usually supposed to be a little bit more, like, hidden than this. This seems like a ploy, and I'm going to figure it out. So you're sitting here, kind of casing the area, looking looking at what all's going on. Uh, you see there's a few cars in front, and even a few more people have come and, like, kind of walked in and out of the shop. Uh, the front looks very much like a pawn shop of sorts. You've got various, like, old antiques and guns kind of mixed all together on this like rickety old like window display behind like the barred windows um and you see that there's like a single like really crappy flickering light over the door the sign like the old uh, the skeeters or uh what was it It yeah skeeter it said mama skeeters antiques previously uh the mama has been painted over with a gun so now it just says Skeeter's Antiques, which is clearly in a much older paint than the and guns that's added to the end of it. Um, and you notice that, you know, as, while you're standing there looking, a few people have come out and they look rather disgruntled. Uh, one comes out with like a box of bullets and another one comes out with like an old kerosene lamp. And who knows maybe they were like mad because they had to buy something to be there or maybe he was just having to deal with old skeeter that made them disgruntled because honestly he has that effect on literally everyone he talks to uh so up in the air on that uh but while you're kind of here will you uh roll a perception check for me as as you go about what you would like to do for sure uh a lot uh i got a 23 dang all righty so as your, we'll kind of serve this as this is your general investigation. What is your plan of action here? Where where are you wanting to go? Scope out. Uh, some well, answers. First, I'm probably watching people's reactions when they come out, and then I'm probably going to try and check out back, see if there's any extra like electrical cords or things plugged in, because you can really easily make some sort of like hologram or something, but that requires power and. If I can mess up some of that and see how that's working to prove to these people that Skeeter's up to no good again, then that's what I'm going to do. And my listeners love it. So might as well. It's worth a try. All right. So yeah, you, you kind of stick to the, to the tree line that's kind of been cut out around here and you're starting to get to the back and looking around and uh, you definitely do see some electronics and stuff coming in. Now it's not anything super substantial, but they are new. So it seems it, I, I would say 
with probably research you've done before kind of going into this, like it does not seem to be the level that would make some sort of hologram or things like that. It's more, it seems like there's a pretty substantial security system that has been recently put in as there's just like a lot of lines. And then you see there are a couple of cameras on the back door. Uh, you now kind of look and notice one that's at the front by the, the crappy light. You also notice one on a storage shed that's about 10, 15 feet out the back door. Oh, that's weird. I didn't think Skeeter owned anything that he'd really need to keep security over. Like it's usually just a bunch of shit. So I'm, I'm, I kind of want to check that out. I'm going to like try and see what like span the camera would have and avoid it or get under it so okay. I can kind of figure my way okay. into there and yeah we roll a stealth for me okay uh 17 okay yeah so you're you're able to kind of tell I mean one just being a media in general and understanding the different techie things and that sort of stuff you've kind of got the idea and you're going to make it a big circle that you you feel pretty pretty fine that you're not in the line of sight you kind of like work your way further around the back where the back of the building itself just has like the one door that seems to to come out the back and there's like a little dumpster there the driveway kind of goes a little bit further around so people go it's like probably you see old skeeter's truck like pulled up next to it it's like this old beat up ford and when i'm talking old beat up ford i mean old and beat up ford by our real life standards so by 2045 it's like how is this thing even possibly running anymore um and uh you're able to kind of sneak behind it and get a little bit closer to the shed you do a little bit of a round around it you don't see that there's any sort of cameras or anything on the back though they it does clearly have like a light on the front and the back just kind of that at nighttime illuminate the area granted it is very shadowed right now uh it is a little darker because you are on this kind of mountainous side so you're in between all the trees um, but you see that it is a, uh, woodshed, no doors or windows, except for the door on the very front that, uh, you, well, first thing you notice with that insane perception check, um, there's no doorknob on this door and the wood definitely looks Party. Like it looks, it doesn't look like an old shed, like it's supposed to look like now that you're up close to it and you kind of touch it. And it is very clearly like some sort of like rock or metal or something that has made you look like old wood on the front of the door. There is like a little, a little like moon cut out kind of like an outhouse would have though. Clearly it's much shorter than like an outhouse would actually be, but it has that look to it though. It seems like there is some sort of like, we'll say like tin foil on the backside. So you can't see through this like cut out glass. That is um, the little moon shape. Okay. Um, so I guess like if it's not in camera view very much, I'm going to try and like, cause I probably have one of those, like, I probably have some sort of MacGyver device where I can like stick things through like a small mm, camera uh -huh, uh -huh. through like a hole to try and see what's really in there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, go ahead and do, I think lock, well, no, lock picks a, a little different. It's a little more technique-y, but maybe it's just along the same, the same realm here as you're, you're kind of trying to like find your way in with, with this, you know? Okay. Or pick locker. Yeah, pick lock will be there. Uh, uh, 20 plus five. Goodness. Goodness. You were built for this. So 
you uh, start trying to kind of like put this little camera and, and get through this area, you first try on like the door because you can see the cut out of the door, though clearly no thing. But there is like no real purchase that you can get through. Like it doesn't move. You can barely get a fingernail in there. It doesn't like budge. So then you like kind of look at this window and you're, you're kind of trying. You can see that it seems like there is a kind of seam where it has that glass. Seems like there's a seam all the way around the edge. So you're like, okay, let me try to get in there and kind of like pop that out maybe or get through. Hold on one sec. Let me get my dog to stop barking. Okay. Sorry. All right. There's like a neighbor dog that I guess their owner's been gone all day and it has been yipping nonstop and my oh, dog no. hates it. He's like, what, why is he barking? I'm like, I don't know, man. Um, but, uh, and as you are doing it, you're starting to get your camera kind of through and you can see that it almost kind of like pokes through this little bit of glass there. When you hear the door behind you on the, uh, gun and antique shop antique and guns uh start you open uh i'm gonna remember where it is so i can hopefully come back later and try and get my tools and get the fuck out as quickly as possible uh i don't want to be shot out shot out today just don't have it in me it's happened before sure it'll happen again uh rather not all right, will you roll one more stealth for me as you're quickly trying to kind of grab all of this and get out without being seen? Which thankfully there is the truck kind of between you and the door. So it's giving you a little bit of a buffer. Uh, 13. Okay. So you uh, pull your 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 uh, cord out and everything and you start to run. And you just, we'll say just with that 13, it was a little harder to kind of get going. It's got a little bit of a catch and you're like, shit, shit, shit. And you're able to finally pull it. And you are able to slide your way under the truck. You can't even get like out, out as you now hear two voices. So you slide under the truck. It's like muddy, mossy. There's a little bit of a crinkle from the leaves, but you get real still and you can hear like Skeeter Jr. Pipe up and he's like, ah, damn it. I bet those raccoons are back again. Oh, well, anyway, we'll deal with that later. Anyway, come on. And you watch as two, two sets of footsteps come at our foot feet foot foot feet uh you can see them when you're hiding under the truck you can hear the door shut to the antique shop and you um watch as uh skeeter jr managing kind of kind of get a little bit of a view stops at the end of the truck and he's like all right here's the key just make sure you uh give it to me or pops when you're done and you hear a voice that's like yeah man totally you recognize immediately this voice as then you see him walking, uh, Theo Rock, who is your best friend, Joe's uncle. As he walks, I feel like Theo's probably wearing like one of those uh, like oversized, like really comfy woven hoodies and like cargo pants and like flip-flops, you know, it's got the like real grungy, like red hair is all mixed up. Like it is as easy it is to figure out who you are and spot you ever crowd, it's as easy to spot him, just a different brand, you know? And uh, you watch as Skeeter, Skeeter Jr. walks back into the shop, shuts the door, and Theo walks up to this door, and you see him in his hand. He has this little moon-shaped disc that he puts into that hole, turns it a little bit, and the door pushes in. He takes key out, walks in, shuts the door behind him. I'm recording all of this. Like, just straight up recording all of this. Uh. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you 
recording all this. It's quiet. You kind of wait for a second because it's like a six foot by four foot shed. Not very big. You hear no noise. You sit there for probably five, 10 minutes, just kind of like waiting. He doesn't come out, doesn't come out, starting to get a little late. You, you know, head out, don't ever see him leave. And with that, let's switch over to the Rock family and see if they're missing their dear uncle as uh, we go to a casual sit-down dining, fast casual dining restaurant called the Rock House that's along the river. It's a very quiet place. It has been a staple of Pine Hollow for longer than most people can remember, like know of. Now, when it started, it was just kind of this crappy restaurant, but thankfully, Joe, aka Blair's Aunt Candace came in and bought it and made it the rock house. And it was the place to be, the stop, the restaurant of the town. Unfortunately, though, since she passed away about 10 years ago, it has fallen back into maybe there's a couple of people there every day because unfortunately her brother is just not the cook that she was. Um, but, you know, you still have some people coming in every once in a while. Granted, they're the old biddies that run the Chamber of Commerce, but they, they buy catfish. And that's what matters, really, if we're going to be honest, is some some stock is getting circulated here. Um, and tonight, the restaurant is filled with senior citizens, but not particularly the uh, old biddies of the Chamber of Commerce, as most of them are duds. But Grammy Gwen is running her bingo night. And uh, for everyone that's just listening, bingo night is in quotes because it seems like a lot more than bingo happens at these events. Uh Granny Gwen, for the uninitiated, is the matron of the Rock family. She is this tough, no-nonsense old lady that has been here before even a town existed. Her father bought a plot of land here. You know, she is stuck it out. She is a mountain woman at heart and really is probably more a matron, like the matron of the city than even just this town of her topic. Like, we could equate it to a mob boss if she cared enough to like activate people in that way you know like thankfully she doesn't give a shit about a lot of things so um but tonight we start in uh the rock house behind a locked door in the kitchen with joe you are standing there watching your father bob pace back and forth in the kitchen it's about 7 p.m. It should be the dinner rush again, quotes, because is there ever a rush? Um, but it is cleaned up, it is ready for the next day. Not a single thing is being cooked as he is just annoyed and pacing and mumbling under his breath. Uh, will you explain to everybody what Joe looks like, Blair, and maybe what her general personality is, but especially in this moment? <laughs> Um, so yeah, Joe or, uh, her actual name, Joelle, but she never goes by Joelle. It's always Joe rock. Um, she is, she looks a little, her style's a little out of place for this like fish shop. She has like a big, um, like kind of, uh, Carhartt jacket with like, um, like some, um, looks like sheep sheep wool on the collar and mm. stuff she has a um a, a plaid shirt kind of like buttoned all the way up with like a little not a bolo tie but like a little bit more simple than that and has these big like red circle glasses her hair is not a um 
not a natural color red, a little bit more like a, like a candy apple kind of red. Um, and it's kind of that short with long pieces in the front. Um, she looks pretty hip. She looks pretty hip. Um, kind of like that, that country mountain hip, if you, if you will. And, um, Along with that, she's wearing a folded over apron just kind of around her waist. And um, she's standing there, arms folded, looking at her dad just with a, well, would you like me to get you a glass of water? I mean, I don't know. Can we even afford to pay the water bill at this point? I mean, we are losing out on a whole night of uh, serving customers and making money and doing all these things. And, you know, your grandmother doesn't give a shit about this restaurant, about me, about the family making any fucking money, it seems like. I'm sorry. I am so sorry. I am getting heated. Freaking money. Oh, I think Joe like leans and looks out the front door and goes, well, Pa, I hate to tell you, but I don't think there's really a line waiting outside. That's besides the point. I mean, at least what we're usually making or not justifies turning the lights on. Oh, Lord. I mean, who knows? Maybe... Grammy's friends will buy something. You never know. She told us to close the kitchen. They ain't buying shit. They might buy I saw, soda. I saw Sister Patron walk in here with a lunchbox. Don't. Don't take it too hard. I Maggie mean, dropped off four bottles of moonshine and a platter of food. Maybe people have dietary restrictions. <sighs> I don't know where you got this positive outlook. I know you got, you got from your damn mother, but I love her to death. Anyway. I mean, if I'm stuck here, I might as well try to go pedal something. Do you want me to attempt to get him to buy something? That would be nice. But, and he walks over to the door and jiggles the doorknob. She locked us out. <laughs> Joe just laughs. <laughs> Joe just laughs. Very, very Grammy Gwen. Um, she acts well, like she owns this damn place. Candace left it to me. She didn't say nothing about Grammy having it. <sighs> In fact, she specifically said, don't let Grammy have it. That's true. It would be a bingo hall if if it wasn't for, for you taking it. Got her and her bingo. I'm got, You know how long it's going to take me to get the cigar smoke smell out of that fucking lobby? Freaking lobby? Oh. All right. We, we probably have a few days for it to you know okay okay miss ma'am uh, as that's happening you hear a shatter from the dining room area as something breaks and it's like, oh i swear to god that better not be one of our cups because we are running dangerously low on actual glass oh <sighs> what am i doing what am i doing what am i doing what am i did you give grammy a list of rules she should know this ain't her house after all you show a little bit of respect especially to something that your son and granddaughter put so much life and work and energy into not to mention your brother not to mention your mother not really theo he's kind of who knows where he is but you hear the door unlock like a key actively unlock and you see grammy gwen stick her head in this like big kind of like bun of white hair kind of coming in first and then she sticks it she's like uh bob i'm gonna need you to just go you could just go home your stomping is really uh starting to fucking annoy me if we're gonna be honest and uh actively my friends can hear your bitching so you could just leave he's just like fine 
mother, I guess I'll just leave and go sit at home in the dark because I've made no money today. So I can't run the fucking electricity, freaking electricity. God damn it. And then he'll like start to walk off. Grammy, Grammy question. Yes, yeah, sweetie. Can, do I have to stay or can I leave too? Uh, actually, would you mind grabbing the mop and coming and helping? We had a little bit of a mishap. Sure. Thank you, sweetie. That's why you're my favorite. Sure, I am. I mean, hey. yeah. Just turn her, she'll turn around and look at her dad and be like, you could get a mop and you could clean that up if you want, if you absolutely want to stay. We could switch spots. Switch. He flips spots. you off and walks out the door. <laughs> uh, she'll just kind of like, like brush off the the little apron and grab the the mop and and walk out there. Yeah. So you uh, walk in to uh, the lobby here. That uh, what what is since since uh, you know this is your family's restaurant. What is the vibe like? What does the the lobby the seating area and everything look like? You know. Um. I think it gives off the vibe that it once had a theme and now it doesn't. Um, so like it was probably pretty like nautical feeling like back when it was first opened and stuff like that. But now like, you know, there's, uh, it, it probably hasn't been painted in a while. Some of the decor has probably been stolen. Um, the, the, is that, it's not ceramic, whatever those like old diner, like tables are made of. Mm. There's probably like permanent, like, like juice stains, like on them and stuff. It needs renovating. And are some maybe, of them still those tables that have like the epoxy coating over like advertisements and like yes. business cards? Yes. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Maybe that's why nobody shows up, but, um, but yeah, it definitely gives off like, please fix me up yet nobody is. Um, and I think, yeah, it's a lot of like the whole outside is like booths just surrounding the whole thing. There's like the counter with like maybe a few like bar stool chairs there. And then there's just kind of like individual tables. Um, so it would seat a decent number of people if it needed to. So you see that, um, you know, by no means is the place packed, uh, but quite a few of the tables have been pushed together to kind of make one long kind of banquet table in the middle of it. And sure enough, you do see like one of the cages for like the bingo, uh, you know, you grab the the different numbers and stuff out of it. I don't know what those are called. They probably have, they probably have the name. Well, like ball roller thing. Yeah. Yeah. But one of those. And you do see a couple members of the uh, chamber here. Well, we'll say one member of the chamber here, which is very clearly the oldest individual. His name is Jerry. Uh, he's 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 just the oldest person probably in town. I think he's like nearly 90. Um, but you see that there's uh, Patricia, the local farmer. So it's not all all seniors. We got some we got some some age variation in here. A few faces that the names kind of escape you. You see Sister Patron, of course, looking just as grizzled as ever. Um, and you kind of make your way in with the uh, mop in the bucket. And for the most part, everyone kind of like ignores you, your presence. They give like a little like smile, but then look over. We'll say that uh, one of the people that you don't recognize the name is like B32. 
B32. You mark it down. Don't you forget it. Now we're at B32. And like very slowly sets it down and very slowly kind of starts cranking it again. It's like, oh God. Um, and uh, you, like I said, see that Maggie has very clearly catered this as there are multiple bottles of moonshine that line at the table. And then like a, a big kind of casserole dish that's filled with probably what used to be like some fajita mix makings mm-hmm. and stuff that have been definitely like picked over. You see that there's a, a pile of dishes over, over in the, the little caddy. Um, and you knew now, your grandmother kind of points over to the end of the table where uh, Jerry is sitting, where uh, very clearly he has dropped and shattered a glass that was probably full of moonshine as there's quite the spill. And uh, you go over and kind of start uh, cleaning up and he just kind of like looks over. He smiles real big, like very clear, like very toothy smile, very clearly not his teeth. You know, <laughs> they're like dentured galore. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just super wrinkly. He's got these glasses that make his eyes just like bug eyed, just like as big as the frames because they're just so freaking thick. Um, he's got on like, you know, probably the same jean jacket he's worn for 40 years and the same yeah. like Carhartt work pants and the boots. And he's just, I'm so sorry, darling. You know, sometimes I just get the shakes and things slip on out. I apologize. Well, that's all right, Jerry. Don't worry about it. How are you tonight? Uh, you know, I'd be doing better if your grandma over there wasn't kicking my ass at bingo. You know how much money I've lost tonight? Because I don't remember. But it's a lot. How, how does she kick? Is it, It's a game of chance. I all these assholes cheat at some point in time. And I think this is just her night to do it. It's fine. I'll do it in a few weeks and make my money back. <laughs> Maybe I'll yeah, switch to like cards or, or Bunko or something like that. Maybe you'd well, have about like tradition, that? you know, uh, uh, we do use the same bingo cards over and over. So I think people maybe just kind of know, know the better odds too. That's- anyway, let me scoot over and he just like, barely moves like four inches but puts a lot of work into it <laughs> all right uh, do you want me to get you another drink oh no sweetie you're fine i think that was a sign i'm done drinking okay okay well good luck thank you let um, let me know let me know if if you see grammy cheating again i'll i'll give her a stern talking to <laughs> i'd love to see it <laughs> Um, and you kind of just sweep it up and kind of mop up the, the mess pretty easy. It's like this just very laborious bingo numbers, like game is being had. Um, and uh, you kind of like grab your, your mop and your bucket and start to walk off. And uh, Grammy Gwen calls after you. He's like, thank you so much, darling. I do appreciate you. Now you go on and get, you are too young to be stuck here this late at work. <laughs> Are you sure you don't need me? You you are now like as she's saying that she's like taking off her apron and stuff and like setting everything. Yeah, are you sure I can stay a little bit longer if you absolutely no. need me to do anything? All right, thank Yoga, you. Grammy, we're bye. gonna leave these these dishes for Jet. <laughs> Good plan. Good plan. And she'll just like halfway through like the the sentence, just like uh, and, like take everything off, like throw like not even like put up the mop or like Mm -hmm. sweeper that she had just kind of like throw it somewhere um and yeah just kind of like grab uh grab her guitar and then like run out the back door um and yeah 
is probably gonna would she have known like like because she's probably looking for dylan so yeah yeah so uh i will I say as as you yes go ahead oh i was gonna say if i knew when joe went off work i might have grabbed two branches to pose like creepy little arms outside <laughs> of the door to scare the jesus out of her i love it so yeah you uh just kind of real quick rush through the door throw the uh the mop and uh bucket to the side grab your guitar and as like you are are kind of the door is in the process of shutting you grabbed your guitar and you're starting to work uh, like run off you do hear your grandmother speak up and she's like all right now back to business as you then hear the door shut behind you and you can't hear anything anymore as the door is shut and relocked behind you. Uh, but you don't have too long to think about it as you open the door and see this, this little creature thing <laughs> that uh, uh, Dylan has like put together out the back door. It was probably a mixture of like, like as hearing that being like, oh wait what was that and then but then like still momentum like going out the Mm -hmm. back door and then turns around sees creepy hands and just does like a oh shit like like (laughs) "Ah!" it worked it worked this time didn't it it worked dylan what the hell oh come on it's funny it's funny okay what else happens in this town like come on okay i don't know but (laughs) grammy gwen i swear to god this ain't bingo that they're playing i just heard some she waits until dad and i leave and then she has some kind of meeting with some of the townsfolk i i you i need you here you have the best sleuthing skills i need you here to figure out what kind of stuff that is next well i don't know when they have their meetings because it's not like every week but whenever the next one is i'll have to like call for you to come so you can uh, help it's me in figure like it 13 out. days you know when the next one is, is that a question I live with her and I, well, I don't live with her, but I, I'm around her all the time and I don't even know when the next one is. I mean, okay, the scheduled one is in 13 days. They do this a lot. Okay, it's fine. Come on. And I'm just, I'm going to explain like the, what I know at least about a little bit of these meetings as we go to Maggie's. Hopefully. All right. Well, as y'all uh, walk off to Maggie's, uh, we, we, our little camera as, you know, I, every, every TTRPG is actually just a movie in the making, uh, pans around the building and down the street, uh, a block or so as the, uh, sun has now kind of like fully set. It will, we'll say, we'll say, we'll say we're in like late, late winter about to be spring you know it's still a little chilly at night you still have like that post winter haze but like things are starting to come alive again so we've got a little bit later of the sunset but not quite yet um as we zoom in to a doctor office so this is the office of dr chop who is a very talented one-stop shop medic. I am talking general practitioner, you know, all you probably got your booster shots from them and your yearly checkup. Uh, we've got a, a psychologist, anyone who ever needs some talking to goes to Dr. Chop. We got Ripper Doc, really, if you need to, you need to throw some like chrome in there. He knows how to do it. He is a fourth war corporate vet after a fourth corporate war vet. I mixed up the order of those words. Um, and in a pinch, he's even a veterinarian. So really he can do it all. Um, his office is very small, like 
quaint, clean building. He works by himself and is like extremely meticulously organized. So it's, it's, you know, very much to his liking, very clean, very minimalist, just what he needs. Um, and Chris, AKA Finn, you are there. Um, mm-hmm. You see that, you know, like I said, it's getting a little late. The sun's starting to set. You're very clearly his last appointment of the day. As you can even kind of catch him every once in a while, kind of like checking the clock just to make sure like times and everything. And he might be a little ready for closing time, but still very, very focused in on you. Will you explain to everybody uh, what Chris looks like, what his general personality and vibe is in this moment? Um, Chris uh, is wearing a light gray suit um, with, I think, a bright blue button down and then uh, in the same kind of shade of gray, but probably maybe a different material, maybe the same material. It's hard to tell. Uh, light gray tie. Clearly an executive who is uh, sitting in one of, I think, probably at least I would like to believe that Dr. Chop has one uh, leather armchair. Um, tall, but not extremely so. A kind of muted orange hair um clean shaven and uh is currently i think just leaning up and staring at the ceiling as uh dr chop i think is is waiting for this individual to answer a question yeah yeah um you see dr chop is sat in a like very overstuffed comfy chair uh you kind of look around and this this room it's a couple of rooms but for the most part this building is very much sectioned off into what is needing to be done to a certain individual. So we have like, you've got the one room that has like the little table with like the white piece of paper that you put on it that, you know, you set the little kid up and you check his temperature, like general practitioner room, uh, you know, veterinarian area in the back with some kennels and everything. Um, Then a little surgical suite, but you're sitting in what is probably his office, but then also has just like a little sitting area and he's in this big comfy chair and he's like laid back, very relaxed, has his like legs crossed and a little data pad in his hand. And he's just like, well, so, um, how, how have renovations been going? I'm, I'm, I'm sure that your place needed a bit of work. I don't know if anyone lived there in a hot minute. Um, Chris will kind of blink twice. Oh, uh, it's, it's been, uh, it's been all right. It's not too bad. Um, renovations, they were rough at first, modernizing it a little bit because the cabin had been used in hot minute, but you know, the local, local folks have all been extremely helpful. So that's good. That's good. Is Ivy stuck her nose in there to start messing with things. She, she likes to find new projects. I think she keeps trying to find one, I think, every week. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She seems nice, though. Um, that's, that's good. That's good. You, you made yeah. made any any friends? Any, any Anyone in town you particularly I, enjoy talking to? I think Ivy is attempting to become my friend. Okay. Are you receptive to this? I don't see why not. I mean, be nice to have friends. Yeah, everyone needs someone to kind of pal around with, especially out here in the middle of fucking nowhere, you know. Granted, I, I assume you're going to hopefully bring some more entertainment to town if all goes according to plans. 
Yeah, if everything goes well, which it so far has been, um, we should be getting a couple data pools in. So fancy, fancy. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, small, small talk aside. I'm glad you're mm-hmm. you're settling in pretty all right. Um, let's let's get into some maybe maybe more nitty-gritty little heavier topics here. Um sure. in, the, in the last last week since we we saw each other last, have you had any particularly angry outbursts that may have been out of your control chris will look up again at the ceiling kind of resting his head on the back of the armchair a solid three minutes pass i think before he answers Uh, and then he just goes i pulled a gun on somebody two nights ago three nights ago two nights ago one of the one of the two Yeah, yeah 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 okay uh i'm assuming because no one came in here the trigger was not pulled Oh, no. I mean, there was no need to actually shoot him. Just, I I don't know. It wasn't something that made, like, if someone was talking ill of somebody, would you not also do the same thing? Or is this, you know, maybe why I'm I'm here, huh? It's a bit, it's a bit of why you're here. And, you know, I've been, I've been in your seat before and did the the gun pulling. Um, Maybe, maybe, maybe pull out your words first before the pistol you know well maybe they shouldn't have talked that much shit it was a skeeter wasn't it i think so i think it was one of the old ones yeah all right i mean understandable i have nearly pulled a gun on each of them many times but you know i i think if you can master not pulling a gun on a skeeter you can master not pulling a gun on anybody that's really the biggest test of patience um so you were saying though that he was talking shit. And, yeah, that that is. Okay. Uh, and and this made saying. you feel angry enough. W- what was the shit talking towards? Was it you? Someone else? I can't remember. I honestly have no idea. It was it was something something that just flash boiled, and then it must not have been that important because I did also follow Butterfly for another twenty minutes after that. That's kind oh, of preceded okay. this. Okay. Okay. Well, um, I, I would like if if something like this maybe happens again in the next week, if if you are are able to, you know, maybe make a little note, sure. a, a little cool. note. It'd be good to look back for yourself, but also could maybe okay. help me guide you in these situations. Sure. Um, have Have you been doing the breathing exercises I, I gave you to kind of I help? I did. I did. That's how I didn't pull the trigger on this old skater i was like i took a deep breath and i was like this isn't worth it the butterfly is more important oh i okay i love it i that is a big step you should be very 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 proud of of that um it's just to you know you seem to be progressing very well uh has work been putting you under any sort of stress since you've been here or if things kind of leveling out for you it's not been too difficult, though. I think a lot of the legwork was done prior to my arrival. Um, you know, between myself and Bonita helping out with a lot of the legwork, uh, mm. it's been smooth and not super stressful. I think that was kind of the idea, though. I think. So, I, I, yeah, maybe. It, yeah. Yeah, I, I will say, you know, your company has been very involved in your wellness and making sure that everything is to your liking and and that you're um adjusting well in in many ways um yeah with that um 
How, how, how has your sleep been? Have you been dealing with any vivid dreams, paralysis, any of the things that, you know, are common in, in cases such as yours? Another like five minutes pass as the brain processes and Chris kind of looks, stares at the, like the table that is in the office and then goes, I think it's been a couple of days since I slept. Um, okay. Okay. Um, well, you know, th- honestly, this is an oversight by me. I should have put that in your wellness plan. I am going to go ahead and officially write down that you should be getting six to eight hours a night. Uh, you know, obviously fewer to start if that's more bearable for you, but that's going to be our goal. Okay. Okay. Six. I think I could do six to eight hours. I just get, I get to working on some things and then, you know, butter, butterflies come by or we have other things that happen. Uh, it's just, it gets busy and then I forget to sleep. This, it'll be all right. Um, okay. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll add, uh, some, uh, extra prescriptions on here. Uh, even just some melatonin, I think would be helpful. Um, CBD okay. is great sleep aid. That's my, my, my particular favorite. Um, Whatever you think would be helpful if the sleep, if, if this sleep stuff is an issue. Um, those aren't really dreams though. That's just, never mind. Were there dreams previous to your stint of not uh, sleeping? Not, not dreams. There were, there were, there's been another like three minutes. It wasn't really like dreams. I just, I'm both here and then I'm like elsewhere sometimes. Okay. Have you been staying consistent with your beta blockers and other anxiety medication? I have. Uh, uh, the, the, the immunosuppressants and the beta blockers and anxiety pills, I take them twice a day, right? Was that it? Or is it once a day? Um. Some twice a month. You know what? To make it easier, I'll just go ahead and get you new prescriptions to get the milligram dosage right. So you can just do it once a day for everything. I feel like that would be helpful. Okay. Because I set an alarm on my agent twice a day and then I take them when my agent goes off. Okay. That's great. That's that's honestly um, a a very responsible move. I'm I'm, going to go ahead and I'll update the wellness plan just kind of to, to remind you some sleep, uh, water. Have you been drinking plenty of water? I know that's probably a very kind of new thing coming from the city, but. Uh, I mean, we've had access to water, but we also are kind of on the, you know, nicer side of a lot of things. So yeah, I've, I've been drinking a lot of things. Water is part of it. Yeah. I have no problem with that. That's fine. Um, whatever, whatever gives you a little bit of relaxation. Uh, so I'll go ahead and update, like I said, your wellness plan chart, make sure we get those medicines, uh, medications up to date. I'll send a little reminder of all of this over to, uh, you said Bonita as well. Yeah. Yeah. Just Bonita. Uh, help, yeah. help keep an eye yeah. on things. Yeah. That's she's, that's I think the whole reason she's here is to just keep an eye on everything and make sure it goes smoothly. Wonderful. I think it's also my yeah. job. I think my job is to do that and her job is to do the paperwork. I really have a lot of like paper, paper, paperwork. Yeah. Where's the other yeah. around? I'll have to ask her. Uh, I'll let you deal with that because I am not privy to the inner workings of your organization, unfortunately. Yeah, that's, that's okay. That's fine. Really huge okay. um, Chris, do you have any other questions or, or concerns or things that you would like to, to talk about and cover before we uh, split today? Uh, if the butterfly speaks, should you listen to it? You know, 
I have had a lot of woodland creatures say some very interesting things to me in my day. So I would advise not. Advise not. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. So, so any woodland creature you shouldn't, you should ignore. I did once have a squirrel that was trying to get me to commit many murders. I'm thankfully said no to it. So good. That's, that sounds like it was a positive thing then. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, though, just just for your continued wellness and maybe my curiosity sure maybe write down what the butterfly says okay uh i will i'll write it down along with what if if i write down what angers me write down what the butterfly says if any other woodlands creatures to talk to me should i do that if do do you also write down what the voices say yeah that would be that would be nice as well and maybe note when you know how you're feeling about it too uh for the voices the random voices usually respond to some sort of or are spurred on by some sort of feelings okay sometimes at least in my case they were okay then i will i will note down attached feelings to the voices wonderful well um i have sent all this information over to your agent over to bonita put in the prescriptions down at the uh, pharmacy dollar general one-stop shop around here. It's really handy. So if you just want to uh, deal with that and we'll cover any of this come like, you know, well, same time, same place next week. That sounds reasonable. Is, was that? Yeah. 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 Well, Chris, as always, it was a absolute pleasure. You try to go enjoy the rest of your evening. Okay. Where do I do that? Mm, Maggie's. Maggie seems to be the hot spot for people your age. Maggie's. That's uh, is that the bingo place? No, 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 no. That's not the bingo place. That's roving. I think I've only gotten an invite once, unfortunately. Uh, if you uh, so, and he'll just kind of point, go down this way, take a little left, cross the bridge. It's that big building with all the neon lights right by the river. That way, left bridge. Yep. Neon lights in no by the river. By the river, correct. You should not have to get in the river. If you've done that, you've gone too far. (laughs) If you go in the river, you've gone too far. Got it. Wonderful. You have a great rest of your evening. He'll kind of stand up and and walk out with you and locks the door behind you. Uh, Mm -hmm. Would you like to roll, Finn? Uh, 4d6 to get some humanity (laughs) back, my empathy number one. (laughs) Empathy one character. I would love to roll 4d6. Let's find out (laughs) if the the dice gods smile upon this endeavor oh <laughs> one two three four you know? one two three four it'll get you to two though probably right it, yeah because i'm at 18 so it'll get me to 28 i'm at two empathy nice therapy's working <laughs> therapy's working look at that uh, uh, and therapy can we make that a reality in real life where you go to therapy roll a die and it helps prove how much you did better <laughs> that would be so great you know um it would be so much handier but all right you uh all walk off and i guess before we kind of wrap uh we'll we'll kind of flash back over uh to uh ivy um over the, the the next like little bit we'll say probably about an hour worth of time would you have hung out at the dive or would you have gone somewhere else um, she probably would have hung out at the dive as long as she humanly possibly could, uh, but probably had like a meeting or another place to go to for work and her data pad like chimes like three times, uh, and she ignores the first two and then realizes, oh shit, it says like, if you do not leave now and run, you will be late. 
She's like, um, um, I'm so I got I got to go. Got a meeting. It's been lovely chatting with you, as always. Of course, you know, uh, I was kind of thinking that we maybe get the gang back together, have some drinks tonight. I think uh, Maggie's doing some sort of like pool tournament or something. I don't know. I think it's going to be fun. Sure, sure, sure. That'd be cool. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. Um, like, like a, so like everybody though, right? Like the whole, the yeah, whole game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, uh, cool. I mean, most of the nomads are out of town. Uh, I think my sister's crew is coming back in the morning, so it'd probably just be like you, me, Valerie, Larry, and maybe we invite one other one other person. Sure. Or two other people, three other out of characters. I supposed to invite everybody in this crew. Uh, I know Dylan and I think everybody is already kind of going there because okay. Dylan and uh, Joe were already headed that direction. Hopefully Chris wanders his way <laughs> to the right place. I, I just, you know, I, you, you know, you know, the new, the new, well, not new anymore, but like, like Chris, the, the, the guy up on the hill in the oh, old band of place. Yeah. He's wild. He was telling me about a butterfly the other day. And I also saw him pull a gun on old Skeeter and Skeeter Jr. at one point in time. Oh, that. That's crazy. It was great. What, they deserved it. But. I mean, it's, 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 I'm going to be late. Um, I'm going to invite him possibly. Maybe, maybe he'll say no. Maybe he'll say yes. I think he's warming up to me though. I, I think, I think, I, I think we're going to be friends. It's going to be great. I mean, friends with everybody. Friends except with for yeah. That must be friends with him. And maybe Valerie, I think Valerie still doesn't like me yet. And your sister doesn't like me, but that's okay. We'll, we'll get there. Valerie does. She's just not going to let anyone know she does. This one that is. That's Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, go, go. You're my alarm goes go. off again, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> she like shoves you out the door. Um, but you run out the door to your next appointment to finish up your evening, and that is where we will wrap on this first part of Hollow Secrets, knowing our entire party to then meet up at Maggie's, have a drink, have a blast. And I'm sure nothing wrong is going to happen ever. This is just a sleepy little hamlet, and it's great. Um, But with that, like I said, we will call it to a close for part one 